Hello, hello, hello. We're just two normal dudes trying to live this Jesus life. My name is Josh. Hey, I'm Andrew, and we are This Jesus Life Podcast. My friend, how you doing? Andrew. I almost said Josh, but that's not your name. Your name's Andrew. <laughs> My um, name is Andrew. I'm doing great. It is 80-something degrees in my great state, the sun is shining. Thunderstorms this afternoon. I got a lot nice. done this morning. Nice. Fan, absolutely fantastic. Uh, Andrew just sent me a message saying that his daughter is yelling and he's going to be right back. And he said, he's giving me some talking points. He said, talk about your groceries. <laughs> not that not that there's a story there for my groceries. I just, I was 20 minutes late um, because I thought I could fit gro- a grocery store visit in, in 30 minutes. And I was wrong because it's a Saturday and that's just, you can't go into a grocery store on Saturday and make it out. But I will say this, some of my big purchases, by big purchases, I mean just things that I purchase on a regular basis that is always good. Avocados, uh, because you need your avocado toast every morning. Uh, I'm actually disappointed. I have a couple of meetings at like, I don't know, 630 or something like that uh, during the week. And I don't get to have avocado toast this day. I have to eat whatever, wherever we're going. And there's definitely a part of me that's a little bit sad about that. <clears throat> uh, fresh made bagels from, if you have a Kroger branch near you, ours is called King Supers here, but they do fresh bagels and pretzels every morning. Oh my gosh. Fresh bagels. There's nothing better. Uh, on a sandwich. I don't even eat them as like breakfast. I usually do them like as a sandwich. So you get some like deli meat from the deli and some cheese from the deli and then some brown mustard and uh, jalapeno cheddar cheese or pepper jack, whatever they have. And then some jalapeno chips. Oh, that is a good, good lunch. The other lunch I like to go to now that we're just going through my grocery list as I stall for Andrew uh, is you do pizzas like personal pizzas with uh uh non-bread i think i've talked about this before on the podcast uh throw it in the oven for 15 you know 10 15 minutes get the pepperonis that curl up you gotta get the curl up pepperonis the good the good pepperonis that have a little bit of grease in them still Mm -hmm. when you're biting into them Mm. little grease buckets that's when you know it's a good pepperoni that's it you know it's a good pepperoni when you get a little grease bucket action dude Uh, sorry about that <laughs> my my All daughter good. has not made a peep in this whole quiet time. And as soon as our intro music came on, I heard her going, Daddy, heard Daddy. Yep. <laughs> no. She's like, I no, know. It's, it's through know. my headphone. There's no way she heard. But you know, maybe uh she sensed it. Maybe she could tell, like, this is about to go down. I'm gonna get loud. <laughs> it's time. Yeah, maybe it's your time. daughter has like superpowers of hearing really well. And she can hear everything <laughs> in your house. They're just gonna be uh, miserable raising a child like that, but that would explain a lot. That would explain a lot. If uh yeah, maybe it is. I should get her checked. Maybe she has like superhero level hearing. Um my brother no, but, my brother has a, a son that listens to yeah. everything you say. If he is oh, in no. anywhere proximity to what is going on, <laughs> he is paying attention to your conversation. And then he will hold oh, you man. accountable for it. It's <laughs> a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Dude, one thing to know about children is that anytime you're like, they ask like, hey, I think I'd like a popsicle right now. And you're like, it's 7 a.m. and you just woke up. No, like no chance. Um, and then you you happen to say, maybe later today. That is, you just swore a blood oath. You know, like you just made a covenant. Um, if you want to be church, church language about it, you made a covenant of there will be a popsicle today. 
or uh, or I'm a bad person. Uh, so yeah, dude, don't. We got to figure like in a child's ever. world. Yeah, yeah, in a child's world though, like they don't have a schedule. Like they don't no. have appointments that they have to no. do or meetings they have to be a part of. No. So like you give them that thing. I'm like, now I have something in my, like they literally write it in their, their calendar. And they're like totally. four o'clock uh, afternoon. That's what it is. Popsicle time. Yes. Because dad said so. And you're and totally right about too. that. The one wrinkle. Mom, the, the, yeah. The one wrinkle in it is they also have no concept of time. Um, at least mine oh, yeah. don't. She's not quite four, but uh, no concept of time. So it's like you say, like, yeah, later today, and like five minutes go by, and she's like, okay, is it popsicle time? <laughs> no, I mean, like hours from now. And she's like, what's an hour? Was it just an hour? But I'm like, I but don't how even... cool of a dad would you be, Andrew, if you gave yes. her a popsicle at nine in the morning? <laughs> not that and she cool. could go to the playground and tell her friends i had a purple pop school this morning you know here's the thing here's the thing that would be cool except for when you do something one time in my daughter's world it is the expectation for every day for the rest of your life <laughs> so like if we eat one popsicle at 9 a.m. at the kitchen table, you know, nonchalantly enjoy it, dude, the next day and the next day and two weeks later, every day is going to be a 9 a.m. battle. It's intense, man. Kids are intense. I say, and yeah. I yeah. say give in and just give her a popsicle every morning. <laughs> What's the worst breakfast. that could happen? What's the worst that could happen? Yeah, you I know? would say probably cheaper than eggs, but your eggs are free, so. Yeah, we got a lot of eggs, man. We got a lot of eggs, which is good. And uh, we have five baby chickens still growing rapidly. Um, one escaped the box the other day when I was like, they treat me like I'm some like terrorist. Every time I go and like give them food or water, or calmly talk to them while I'm doing it. They're just like losing their mind. Like we're all going to die. And uh, yeah, and they haven't, you know, they're fine. But one escaped and immediately tried to run into like the most dangerous corner of the garage where I have like oil cans and like all this stuff back there and right next to where I keep all my saws and stuff. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> like you couldn't have picked a like any other place in the garage would have been better for it to run to. But this little tiny chicken goes sprinting back there and it was surprisingly good at evading me. Like I almost fell into the chicken box wow. a few times trying to get the chicken. Um, it he took me like a solid. Kill you. <laughs> Probably. Like he went to the saw zone uh, because he was like, if I give him a fall, yeah, back and just get this guy to fall on the saw in the right angle and uh, at least draw some blood, you know, at a minimum. Yeah. <laughs> but, you may need, yeah, man. you may need to get rid of the chicken now. I think he's just yeah. going to continue to plan your demise. Like too. Yeah. Yeah. Let her, I'll let her grow a little You're bigger, a you know, no, if you're I'm, a cat I'm person not. listening. Oh, like I'm sorry. You're probably a nice person, but I prejudge you when I hear that. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, we're probably not gonna get along. I know that's not right of me. Like, Jesus this isn't life, gonna work out. It's true. It's like it's <laughs> like those funny. that are fans of the Detroit Red Wings. Right. The Avalanche and the Red Wings had a huge rivalry through the late right. '90s, early 2000s. Um, and they we're not even in the same like uh, conference anymore. They're in the Eastern Conference now. And when I see stickers, especially in Colorado, when I see stickers of Detroit fans, I'm just I'm like, you must be a moron. Like that's that could be the only reason you would be a fan of this team. Um, ah, that's, yeah, so that's so funny. I acknowledge that it's not a good 
you know, position to take. But it's true. It's just how I view people. Uh, cat people, man. Cat people. cat people. You know, I assume. Fans. I I always am like, oh, you're a cat person. Like you're hardcore introvert. You know, is what my mind jumps to. Not necessarily. We're not going to get along, or this isn't going to work out. Although that's a very funny reaction to have where you're like, oh, you said you like cats. Never mind. You know, I picture you on a first date with somebody and she's just like, man, I have like four cats. I'm all about them. And you're like, okay, waiter, uh, I'll take the tab. I'm going to. Yeah. <laughs> this four is done. Cats, though, we tried. We tried. <laughs> there's definitely a part of me that that's running through the back of my head. Like one cat, possibly two cats. Right. Anything more than that, I assume you don't talk to people outside of your home. You have no friends. Right. Um, how you got on the dating app, dating app in the first place. Mind boggling right. to me. But Who four knows? cats, <laughs> I would assume you have problems at that point. Something is going on here. Uh, if if you have funny. four cats, would you email us and just let us know why? I'm not like yeah. not to. I might be sarcastic with you back just to be funny, but I'm not trying to right. be mean, but I'm right. generally curious why four cats. How'd you get to four cats? Yeah. Do you have any friends? Yeah. Sorry, that was and do you point. plan on having more or less in the future? Would it also be good to add to that? Like, are you at four and increasing at four and holding like at four and waiting for one to pass? So you can just be a triple cat family, you know, I will. Last thing I'll say about cats. Uh, we don't have any, um, but we benefit big time from neighbors who have multiple cats and they have one of our neighbors has at least four, I think, um, because they just like didn't spay or neuter. So their cats kept making more cats for a while there. Um, but dude, we live in the country and like there's woods behind our house where we're out here, you know, um, but we've never had a mice, a mouse in the house since we lived here or like any sign of them being here. And it's because these cats, each of the cats, at least four different ones, actually more than that. I'll see them at different times in the day doing patrols like past the house. And I'm assuming catching mice often because I've never seen a mice or a mouse anywhere near or in the house at all. So, yeah, man. Cats, uh, they're good for that. Good for that. And Catherine. I'll be honest, though. Yeah. If it was mice or cats, other than mice, like, can eat wires and cars, and that's kind of a nightmare. Uh, other right. than that, I would probably take a mouse over a cat any day. Oh, dude. That's the thing, though. My, mice, like, rapidly multiply. Rapidly multiply. So you see a couple, one my, mouse in there. I can't, I keep saying one mice. I don't know what's going on with me. You keep you see one mice. There's more mice around. They're gonna grow. They're gonna grow, like dude. What uh, what are what are we doing today, man? I heard tell that this new series is coming, and uh, what's happening? Yeah, but before we get to this new series, if you haven't oh, had an opportunity to check out Dwell yes. yet, you should. I would check that out. <clears throat> Uh, well is a audio yes. Bible reading app. There's also, um, you can actually read scripture in there as well if you wanted to read it, but um, it's read by passionate people, put inside a playlist that are helpful um, to you to start yes. foster a relationship with Jesus through scripture. 
Remember, reading your Bible or listening to the Bible every day isn't the end goal. That's a tool for relationship to get you to the end goal of fostering more relationship with Jesus. Um, So let that be your end goal. But definitely try it out. You can try it out at thisjesuslifepodcast.com forward slash dwell. Thisjesuslifepodcast.com forward slash dwell. Since I talked about dwell, Andrew, do you want to talk about the series? I do. I do. But um, hey, if you haven't ever checked out Dwell, I just wanted to say there's a 50-50 chance that it's just Josh and I reading the Bible uh, in different accents. Um, so you're going to have to go check it out, listen, and see, like, is this actually just Josh and Andrew in That's a variety true. of accents it recording? Or is this other people, more interesting voices? Yeah. Um, Andrew so- has a fantastic British female voice. Fantastic. <laughs> Uh, you got to check that notch. one out, out on Dwell. If you know Andrew personally and you listen to it, call him up and be like, hey, dude, I want to hear your, yes. your British female accent. Top notch. Josh Definitely has a Josh has a lispy Southern that would blow your mind, man. Um, <laughs> if you, if you want to get through um, you know, Leviticus in fashion, Josh's lispy Southern is like top shelf stuff. Um, but... <laughs> dude that would be funny if it was just us doing like various accents for dwell um and it might be 50 that would be amazing you tell because, us yeah because dwell's killing it right now in right in the christian market they're doing awesome a lot of money and if it yeah. was really our thing that'd that be big and sweet but that'd be it's big not, it's not our thing. you know it's not uh 50 50 we'll leave it up to you to decide. Um, okay, so we we just got through our like relationship series. Uh, we called it conversations, and it was all about okay, how do we relate to each other? Because we believe that that Christians should be pretty good at relationships. You know, um, being in relationship with God, we should also be in really good relationship with one another, and and doing so has a lot of positive things come out of it, but also allows you to actually be in relationship with God and one another in a way that makes other people want to also be in relationship with God. Um, So with that said, uh, we have a series kind of planned where roughly chronologically, we're going to go through um, parts of the New Testament and really talk about um, what Jesus's relational dynamics with people were at some various intersections. Um, so today we're going to start uh, with when he first called his disciples, Andrew and Simon. Um, Josh, I'm going to pivot to you to set that up a little bit more as I grab a baby. I'll be right back. Noise. Um, sorry, I was picking my... Uh, jalapeno chips out of my teeth. It took me a second. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so Simon Peter, uh, Simon, who eventually is called Peter, um, his brother Andrew, uh, ends up being a cornerstone to Jesus' ministry here on earth as he prepares to essentially usher in what we call the new kingdom. Um, the church plays a huge part in that new kingdom. Um, and essentially, these are the guys that he's going to walk with and disciple over the next three years, prepare them to do exactly the same with, with those that come behind him. Um, but this is a story in the beginning of Jesus' ministry. So essentially, his ministry is started at uh, his baptism, which if you haven't read the baptism story of Jesus, it, great story. Definitely go back to it um, with, um, um, why can't I think of John's? John. What's John the Baptist. John the Baptist. 
<laughs> I'm talking about Baptist. I couldn't think of the word Baptist. That's uh, funny. With John, his encounter with John the Baptist, uh, and just the moment of the heavens opening up and God speaking words over uh, his son and says, this is my son whom I love, and with him I'm well pleased. Before Jesus' public ministry started, before he performed any miracles, before he preached any sermons, God looked at his son and he says, I love him because he's mine. Uh, yep. If you haven't read through that and really put yourself in the story of that, uh, like that's how God looks at us as well. Before mm-hmm. we do anything for his kingdom, um, he looks at you and says, I love you. You are mine. And that's the only reason I love you is because you are mine. <clears throat> you have to earn my yeah. love. Great moment in time. Uh, then he goes into um, uh, 40 days of fasting and being tempted by Satan. Um, we see that in a couple of the gospels. Uh, he starts yeah. his uh, at least public ministry, some extent in terms of teaching. And then he gets to this story. Uh, we're reading out of Matthew 4. Uh, but yep. I'll kind of just read these verses, and then we can come back um, and uh, uh, talk through them. And really, for the series, we're, we're looking at the relational side of the hum- humanity side of God himself. So as Jesus walks, he's the physical representation of God. We want to see how he interacts with people. Uh, we want to see the emotion of those interactions. Um, and we're going to be reading in between the lines a little bit um, as we yeah. kind of make these stories come alive. But you have to remember, you know, there's... <clears throat> three verses in this encounter, but mm-hmm. th- this is probably took a while. Like it didn't happen overnight. She, they're casting the net. Uh, they're casting, yeah. you know, they're essentially fishing in the moment. And, um, you know, so there's definitely time to have, let me read these. This is uh, a yeah. four eighteen uh, through 20. It says, as Jesus was walking beside the sea of Galilee, that's where he spent a lot of his time. Um, mm-hmm. he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother, Andrew, they're casting their nets into the lake. They were fishermen. <laughs> Uh, for they were fishermen. And Jesus says to them, uh, verse 19, come, follow me, and I will make you fish for people. And at once they left their nets and followed him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrew, what's uh, what's your first initial thoughts before? Yeah, man. Um, well, you know, if you could have, uh, if you could have done a little longer reading, that would have been helpful. Uh, three verses, you know, I, uh, I don't have many thoughts on that. Uh, so um, thanks for listening. Um, no, well, for why real, we, though. Why don't we it expand is, it a little bit more? Like, yeah, what's yeah. happening in the story? Start there. And then we get well, on the application. Well, a couple a couple thoughts. Like, I, as I picture, I know it's short in, in, like, you know, verses and all that. But, like, picture it. You know, like, these... Uh, these dudes are fishing, you know? Like, they're fishermen. That's That's what they do full time. And like, I don't think fishermen have ever been seen as like, that's a super wealthy occupation. It's a high power group. Like they have a lot of positive influence on society, right? Like if you're a, if you're in a city or area that lives close to the sea, like getting fish is like your number one way to, to get protein. It's a big deal. So like you need fishermen, um, in the same way you need carpenters and plumbers and craftsmen to do stuff today. Um, but they're never seen as like the high and mighty position. And in fact, probably more like, um, you know, you're the uh, blue collar job of today. So it's not they're they're not likely candidates to be talked to by somebody who's going to have the influence that Jesus has, you know, at least in the world's eyes. So they're like, they're pretty lowly, like they're low on the totem pole. Um, you would think if Jesus is launching this large ministry, which he had 
kind of just started preaching um, a little bit uh, after being baptized, which is like, or no, he got baptized. Then it says John started uh, preaching, pre- like repent because the kingdom of heaven is here. That happened. And then Jesus immediately starts calling disciples. And uh, he, he goes to these people, um, Simon and Andrew, um, calls them by name. The story says it's not, I don't know if he knew them in advance or if he just walked up and knew their name because he was Jesus. You know, um, I like to assume the latter where he's just walking out of the blue. They can tell this dude has some serious authority. And then he says, like, come follow me. I'm going to make you fishers of men, fishers of people. Like, I'm going to change your occupation for you. I'm going to ask you to drop your nets and come out, you know, take a jump uh, into the deep end, essentially. Just follow me. Like, you, your job was one thing. Your identity was one thing. It's going to be a very different thing. Like, but the cool thing to me, a cool thing to me, is that Jesus obviously saw huge value in them uh, in the same way that God saw value in him, you know, like that this is my son with whom I'm well pleased, you know, when being baptized. Um, Jesus hadn't done a lot of public work or miracles or uh, preached the Sermon on the Mount or gone to the cross or done any of the things that we might think about uh, relating to Jesus. He hadn't done any of that stuff. He'd just grown up and was finally, you know, I think close to 30 by that time. Um, if, if we know, right. Um, you know, not an old dude, not a super young dude, full adult. And, and God says, this is my son who I'm well pleased, um, about, but, but in the same way, Jesus said like, Hey, Simon, Hey, Andrew, uh, come follow me. I'm going to make you fishers of men. And it's this like, it's a bold move, but it's speaking to like, I see who you are innately and I see what God could do through you. Um, but at the same time, you already have immense value just because you're here. You're you're made in the image of God. You already have value. Now come follow me. Let's add to that. Let's let's grow your influence. Not add to your value. Let's grow your influence um, and walk with me. So I don't know. That's maybe a little, little rambly, but those are a couple of my first thoughts. It's just like, yeah, man, he saw a lot of value in them when he showed up and with a bold, bold ask of come and follow me. Like they dropped their nets like they didn't hesitate by what we can see here. You know, they're like, yeah, I am in for that. That's what we're going to do. Whatever that means, I'll leave my life behind and we're going, you know. So what about you, man? What strikes you first? Yeah, that, that's good. Um I don't know exactly what strikes me. Um, <clears throat> is it Luke where this story is expanded? I think it's Luke. Uh, if not, it's I'm almost positive it's Luke. Um, where Jesus performs the miracle of, you know, they're like, oh, we haven't caught anything forever. You know, all night, right. God. And then he right. gives them, you know, that load. And <clears throat> um, uh, John, um, John's there as well with his brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, they both come to know Jesus in, in that moment. Um, but I, I think there's this piece of like, um, it is Luke. I just looked it up. Um, yeah. there's this piece of like, well, I guess it's two things like God's starting something new and he wants to start it in such a way that we can't, 
um, argue that God started the movement, right? He chose fishermen. Mm-hmm. He chose tax collectors. He chose zealots. He chose yeah. um, all the wrong people, in the, you know, according to the book. He chose all disciple. The, the... You know, he chose the disciple of, of you know John the Baptist. All those things, right? Yeah, all the there... all the characteristics you wouldn't yeah. want in people. Yeah, are the people that he chose to use. Uh, to start they're not a movement, in eventually they're looked on lowly by society. Like they're kind of outcasts. They don't have a whole lot of yeah. lot of power unless it's given to them by somebody else. You know, like sorry yeah. to jump in on your first thoughts, but just like go. they don't match the criteria. They're not religious leaders. They're not particularly liked. Sometimes despised. And Jesus is like, nope, you're in. Like you're one of them. Let's go. So, yeah. Well, on the other side of this too is like, and Jesus uses this often. He uses this with the woman at the well. Um, he uses this with the adulterous woman. Um, you know, this this piece of like, let me show you a miracle so I can show you my divinity and you know who I am. Um, so you'll follow me, kind of thing. And he does the same thing here with Peter uh, and and his brother Andrew. Not only that, I'm pretty sure in Luke the um, healing of Peter's mother is recorded before this story. Hmm. Um, now they may just be out of order. Who knows how that plays out, but right. um, like, so there's this moment in Luke where, um, essentially the light bulb comes on for, for Peter. Um, this is verse, <clears throat> sorry, let me find it. Uh, verse eight. Um, so they just pulled in all the nets. They're kind of blown away by what just happened. They've caught enough to take care of their family, probably for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and verse eight comes around and says, when Simon Peter saw this, he got down at his, at the feet of Jesus. He said, go away from me, Lord, um, because I am a sinful man. Hmm. Um, you know, there's this moment that he recognized who he was encountering, who he was coming ar- around and then recognized his unworthiness. Holy crap. Oh, hmm. There's an antelope that just booked it. Oh, there's four antelopes that just booked it across the street. <laughs> Um, that's crazy. Apparently I live on the savannas. Uh, I don't, I live in the middle of town and there's, antelope. um, <laughs> sorry, I got distracted and they recognize like how unworthy they are to be in the presence of, of essentially God himself or not essentially yeah. was God himself. Mm-hmm. Um, so like there was this posture that they took and they took this posture that God then, or Jesus then responded, um, with those words in Matthew four, you know, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a, that's a big verse for us at Hill city. Um, that's how we actually define disciples is, is Matthew four nineteen. Um, you know, this is essentially what Jesus came to create. It's essentially the same thing us as followers are trying to reproduce as well. Um, so come follow me and I'll make you fishermen. We break that down as disciples know and follow Jesus. They're being changed by Jesus and they're on mission with Jesus. Um, and essentially our methodology of how we do that, <clears throat> um, fleshes that out and plays it out in people's lives as we walk them, walk them through. Mm-hmm. Um, but like there was a, a, there was a mission being introduced for the very first time. Um, and I remember like there's later on that the disciples will, will reference it again of what they're here to do. Uh, and they'll make that statement of like, well, we're here for, to fish for people. Um, in yeah. all reality, there's probably glimpse it, glimpses of it over the, the next three years where it yeah. started to make sense. But like, they didn't get it. They didn't get it even after the, mm-hmm. the crucifixion. They didn't get it yeah. after the resurrection until like, you know, the Holy Spirit came upon them kind of thing. But like, there's these moments where like they were getting these small pieces of what the, the grand scale of this greater purpose was going to be. 
Um, and it's mm-hmm. the same grand scale that we get to be a part of. And I think it's true as Jesus reveals things to us, right? First, he reveals mm-hmm. our sin and the destruction of it. Then he reveals yeah. our, you know, uh, our way to salvation through him and through him alone. Um, then he starts to reveal um, just new truths and a new way of living this life, um, not on your, your own power, but by following and foster relationship with God himself. Uh, and yeah. then he starts to reveal this, just this greater calling on all of our lives um, to, to fulfill the great commission, um, you know, as he left with his disciples with before he sent it back into heaven in Matthew 28. Yeah. Um, so I think there's that piece of it too. Like God can use anyone, <clears throat> right? Yeah. Like here's, like mm-hmm. Andrew said, here's the lowly, here's the fisherman, yeah. you know, a necessary role in the community and the economy. Um, but, you know, we're not talking about priests. We're not talking about people of position or power. And then not only that, then he gets into with Matthew, you know, and the tax collectors, like then he grabbed the most hated among their people. Yeah. Those that took advantage of, of their people and, and made wealth for themselves, uh, you know, on, on the Jewish people's backs uh, and chose, you know, those individuals. Then he had others that were, you know, looking for a war here and wanted to take over Rome and kill off mm-hmm. Romans. Uh, maybe yeah. they did kill off Romans. I'm not exactly sure, you know, yeah. um, um, where, um, I can't remember his name, the zealot. Um, I, I don't know. know. Disciples names off the top of my head. I don't know. Dang it. Thaddeus. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> now you're just, now you're just throwing names out there. I'm just messing with you. Uh, Simon. I don't zealot. know. There you go. Simon. Nice. Um, uh, you know, who were looking for, you know, a, a, a kingdom ruler, a, an overthrower um, to take down Rome. That's how I thought Jesus was going to come. The Messiah was coming. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think from an application standpoint, um, you know, no matter, I think the story is no matter your background, um, no matter what you've done, no matter the life you've lived up to this point, or for that matter, the life you're going to live after this point, um, like God will take you where you are. He loves you enough to keep, you know, to, to meet you there, um, but loves you too much to let you stay there. Um, in our circles, we like to make the statement, like we're in the potential business. Um, like everyone has potential and that's what we're trying to find in people and pull it out of them. Um, as, as we disciple and and make disciples in this way of Matthew 4 and 18. Um, and that's what Jesus was, right? Yeah. Like, um, I saw a quote this week. So, our model of what we call it just to give it a name, we call it relational discipleship. Um, but, uh, I saw a quote about it this week that said, you know, we're, we're not trying to create a new way to do church. Um, we're fundamentally changing how you view people. Um, and Hmm. I think that's the foundation of what Jesus brought into the world was he's fundamentally changing how we view people. He wasn't trying to build Hmm. his church. Um, he wasn't trying to build these organizations. Yeah. He wasn't trying to build yeah. even large communities. He was trying to yeah. find the potential in people and pull it out. Hmm. Um, and we saw that with the disciples. We see that with Simon Peter, who, you know, up until Jesus is, you know, yeah. shoot, even after Jesus' death and denying Jesus three times, um, you know, ended up taking yeah. this moment and ends up, you know, uh, at some point along the journey leading in Jerusalem, um, you know, before James took over, yeah. like was a foundational part of of this new movement uh you know that we call you know we call the church today but um yeah i think those are my big thoughts what are your thoughts andrew yeah man i guess to add to add to that um just this might sound really simple i don't know but um i don't think you drop everything and pivot and start following somebody um 
if you don't like them, <laughs> you know, like they, sure. uh, like Jesus didn't say like, Hey, I'm going to give you a ton of wealth and riches. If you just come and follow me, you know, there wasn't like a, this, um, there wasn't bait or, or there wasn't like motive for them to, um, to say like, of course I'm following him. Anybody would, you know, um, like maybe they thought, yeah, this guy's going to beat off the, or like take over and beat, beat the Romans out of our society, take them out of leadership, you know, like we'll, we'll be independent again. They might've thought that. Um, I doubt it at this point. I doubt they thought they were sincerely talking to the Messiah. They probably were like, this dude is at least like a prophet or something like this. Something's going on with Jesus and I want to be a part of it. Um, but I don't think they thought like, yeah, I'm going to be super powerful if I, you know, follow this guy or I'm going to have a ton of riches or my family's going to be put into this place of honor. Like, I don't think those motivations were probably at play much in this interaction, but I think they're like, something's going on with this dude. Like something big is going to come from this. And I actually want to hang out with him. <laughs> like as simple as that may sound, I don't think people drop everything and start following even a, a leader um, in a real way uh, if they dislike that person. Um, so I, I guess like I don't I think the people that Jesus chose speak to him uh, never being arrogant. <laughs> like I never think of Jesus as being arrogant. Like I deserve this. Um, you all, you all don't even deserve to be around me. No, none of that. Like, I think he was a genuinely likable person, like that people wanted to hang out with and spend time with and be close to for all the right reasons. Um, not this is going to get you something. This is going to pay off for you, but like, I want to be around this person. And, uh, and that doesn't mean that we have to like fake it or do things that are not genuine. So others want to be with us. But, um, but I think being likable is probably a good place to start um, in terms of like, if you want anybody to follow you um, towards God, like you might want to not be a huge jerk in how you treat people at a minimum. Cause I think Jesus was never that way. I think he was always kind and, and probably pretty funny. And, uh, probably insanely insightful, you know, uh, by the way he taught and preached. Like you can tell this dude understood some stuff. He understood things on levels that, that we don't ever see people understanding, you know? Um, but yeah, man, it's simple, but I think people liked Jesus. Like I think the common person, the fisherman liked Jesus. And, and later when we see like, was it Matthew who's a tax collector when we see him called into being a disciple? Like, I think he probably was like, man, I could never be called into that crew, but I desperately want to be like, I would love to be in that group, you know? Um, and I don't deserve it. And that's probably why Jesus was like, yeah, I want you in. You're in, you're going to go do big things. You're going to help spread the kingdom. That's already here. Like you don't know it yet, but you're in. Um, so I don't know. Like, I'm not trying to say go throw the best parties so you're liked, but like being a person who's who's genuine and sincere, like I think people like that a lot and, and are yeah. willing to say, like, I'll tie my cart to your horse. You know, I'll follow along with yeah. you. 
It reminds me of what Peter says in First uh, Peter. This is First Peter three fifteen. To give you a reference, you can find it. But uh, uh, yeah, fifteen. Uh, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. And then he says this: always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks. Uh, you yeah. have to give a reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. Um, like, I, I think you're touching on something here, the, the hope that we have. I would, I would assume based on um, perception and just watching um, Christians that most yeah. Christians don't have hope. Yeah. Um, not, not even in Hope's the sense a powerful of like thing, selfishly. Man. Yeah. Yeah, like selfishly, they don't have hope, but in the sense of like, when people look at your life, they don't want, they don't have questions, so you have to give an answer. Um, and I think that, and I think that comes back from, um, and I think that comes back from, like, you, you haven't learned how to foster relationship with Jesus enough, so you can live in in the midst of that relationship and watch Jesus lead the sanctification process to turn you into a person. That, yeah, people are going to ask, why do you have the hope that you have? Um, I think a lot of Christians come to know Jesus for salvation. Um, they never learn the skill sets of fostering relationship with Jesus. They're never, they've never been good at relationship in general. Um, and because of that, they're, they're not walking with Jesus. So if, you're not, if you don't know and follow Jesus, you're definitely not going to be changed by Jesus. But it's, be, it's in the process of being changed by Jesus that this hope starts to be established in your life. Um, regardless of the circumstance of life, like those aren't even in the equation. Um, you can have hope, you know, in the midst of anything, um, that is going to give people the desire around you to ask, why are you different? Right? Like you, and maybe they can't put a word on it. They can't call it hope. They don't know how to describe it, but they just look and say, there's something, there's something off and I want to know what it is. Right. And then we're prepared to give an answer. And the answer is the gospel. This is who Jesus is. This is what he said he was going to do. This yeah. is what he did. And this is who, you know, um, how we live inside a relationship with him moving forward. And we do that with great gentleness and respect when we give that answer. I think that's also yeah. where Christians, we get this wrong on a pretty regular basis. Yeah. We're not gentle and we definitely don't show respect. We're usually argumentative. We're trying to convince rather than allowing God to do all that work. And we're just going to keep planting seeds and watering seeds and let God make them yeah. grow. Um, but we play our part. But I think that's a big thing too. Like if, yeah, man. if people aren't asking you, if people aren't following you around, trying to figure out, like, I want what he has or I want what she has, then I would argue you're probably not fostering a relationship with Jesus to the depth where those yeah. things are, those things are happening. Cause those conversations will happen. Yeah. Growth conversations will happen. Um, and I'm not mm -hmm. saying like you take control of this process. You're not in control. You're giving it all up. You're, you're, you're walking in humility and letting God take control of this process. But when God says, Hey, I want you to go back and apologize to that person or, Hey, I want you to, I want, I want to talk about this thing. And I want to talk about, I want to talk about you in a real way. Let it all out, be vulnerable, let the fears of it, let the emotions of it, like, take down the walls with me through this thing. Um, and yeah. as we talk through this stuff, like growth starts to happen. You start to see what we call the fruits of the spirit in Galatians, you know, uh, written out peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control, um, and some other ones thrown in there as well. But like those start to come out of you. That's attractive to people. And I think this is the hope yeah. that we have inside of people. Don't manipulate situations. People can see through inauthentic, you know, inauthentic behavior. Um, like if you're just doing these things, this is what good Christians do. Um, but that's also exhausting. Like you're, you're going to be, um, 
burnt out at some point because you're trying to do it on your own power rather than in Christ's yep. power through you. He's very clear. You know, you have no power over sin in this life. Yep. Um, that's where his power comes into play. Um, let him deal with that stuff and that junk. And yeah, then we get to that place where, you know, eventually Paul and Simon, uh, uh, sorry, Paul, we're skipping way ahead where, where uh, Simon, Simon and, Andrew. And, and his brother, yeah. Andrew, and um, these other disciples that are called here pretty quick, John and his brother, um, like there's an attractiveness that starts to expand. And the cool thing is like, yeah, it's funny as, as I read a lot of the gospels today, um, I'm working through them all right now, um, just through my time with Jesus and like how much of how many characteristics of that time is, is mimicking the time of Hill city. Um, you know, the church plant that we're, we're putting, you know, we're, we're trying to build from the ground up with people as our focus, uh, here in Colorado Springs, but like, we're starting to see these movements where like people mm-hmm. are attracted to what others have in our community and they're coming because they're like, I want what they have. Like, I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger yeah. on it, but they yeah. have something that I don't have, whether they're believers or non-believers, right? right. We have both. Right. Um, like there's that piece of it too, where they're just attracted to these things. And they're like, I just want what, whatever that is. It's, you know, be prepared to give an answer, you know, to give an answer to everyone who asks yeah. Yeah. you to give a reason why the hope you have, but you're not going to have hope if you don't learn how to walk with Jesus, like the disciples did, like Simon and and his brother Andrew did here in this story, um, as other Christians that have walked before us, right? We know plenty of Christians. You're like, you look at their life and like, I don't, don't want that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. uh, There's nothing there that I want to reproduce in my life. Right. Um, Unless it's, you know, shame and guilt trying to Mm -hmm. get you to do those things. Right. In general, you're like, yeah, I don't want to be you. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, those people you have encountered, you're like, I don't know what it is, but I want what they have. So I want to yeah. walk with them and, and learn from them. It's the same model. Like this is just how we make disciples. It's the same model yep. Paul used where Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ in one of the epistles. I don't remember which one off the top of my head. Um, right. Like there's this methodology that's at play that got, that Jesus is now, you know, modeling to us in this story and continues to model to us throughout the gospels that the disciples take and run with and continue to live out that they're going to be grown and changed by Jesus um, so they can have a hope no matter what. And people are going to be attracted to that hope and they can point them back to, Hey, this is the source of all of this. Yep. This is what it yep. means to follow mm-hmm. Jesus. This is what it means. This is what Jesus did and said he was going to do. Um, and this is how we continue to live this out after we come to salvation. Right. Like we yeah. work through being a disciple, Matthew four nineteen. Um, no one follow Jesus, be changed by Jesus and be on mission with Jesus. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I know I ranted and I tried to rant a little while cause I see that there's a baby <laughs> in your hand, in your, in your lap. But. She's uh she was having a great time. So everybody might've heard her. Um, she was laughing because she, I pulled up my phone and just went to pictures and she saw one of her and, uh, and her sister and was just like over the moon about it. So I'm just showing her videos silently, but, uh, man, last thing, like I do think there's that speaking. Yeah. Like, I think there's like the deep hope of like that person has hope. So I want to want to follow them. But I also just think on like a a simple human radar level, like I think we have a good radar for this of like, do I want to hang with that person? Do I want to spend time with that person? Would I want to invite them over to my house? And like my my evidence of why this still still matters is uh, like you think about presidential politics in the U S and like on election years, the, the question of like, who would you rather have a beer with, 
you know, this candidate or, th or that candidate. Th however people answer that usually determines who wins the election. And, and it's just as simple as like, would you want to spend time with this person? <laughs> like, would you ever want this person who's trying to be president to like hang out with you, you know, have dinner at your house, uh, come to your pool party, go to a restaurant with them. Like if you don't want them, then you're probably not going to vote for them and you're definitely not going to drop your occupation and follow them. So I just think at a, at a simple human level, like, yes, Jesus did wild things, healing thousands of people, you know, in a day, like healing anybody with, with major problems that doctors couldn't touch and that demons that priests hadn't been able to cast out and all the stuff like healing wild things. He did that. But a lot of people followed him just cause they're like, something is going on with this guy. Um, he's so different than the other religious authorities. And, and I want to learn from him, but I also want to just be close to him. Like I'd like to be in proximity to this person. And, and I can think of people in my life where I'm like, I'd like to just spend time with you. Like even people I work with, I'm just like, man, I'd like to hang with you. Like you'd seem like you'd be a good friend, you know, whether they're on my team or not, um, or people I meet, I'm like, yeah, we could be friends. Like we're in, or on the flip side, it's like, no, like I'm going to be with you the minimum amount of time for Josh. That's uh, are you a cat person? And it's like, all right, we're out. We're done. <laughs> I know enough to know this is not going to work. Uh, but uh, no, man, I don't know. I just, maybe I'm overstressing that point. Maybe not, but, but I, Christians have gotten a, big reputation of, of not being people that, um, you want to hang with. And usually it's because they, there's a, a huge perception that, man, they're just like the most judgmental people, you know, Christians across the board in the U S that's often said about, um, people who, who follow Christ. And, uh, I don't think we should be that way. Like, I don't like Jesus, as we saw his ministry progress after this, he always, called a spade a spade. You know, he taught like your yes be yes, your no be no. Like he didn't shy away from confrontation. He didn't, um, yeah, he was, he was pretty bold about it, but he also didn't go looking for a fight just to judge and condemn people, you know? And many times when he had the opportunity to judge or condemn, um, he, he released them from that burden and said like the, the woman uh, he could have stoned, you know, was it the woman at the well? No, not at the well. The woman he could have stoned, um, you know, he basically squatted down and said, uh, we think started writing the the people's uh, sins in the sand that were trying to throw rocks at her. And then when they all left one by one, oldest first, um, she looked up and uh, he was still there. He could have started throwing rocks, but um, he basically just said, Hey, go and sin no more. Like, where are your accusers? I've given you mercy. Now go and sin no more. Turn from your lifestyle. Acknowledging like, yeah, that was wrong, but here's freedom. Here's here's a, a new shot at life. Here's total grace and hope and freedom wrapped up in one moment that in that lady's life was powerful, you know? Um, so anyway, um, I'm, I'm ranting too a little bit, but all that to say, like I was hitting on that because there is a total perception of like, if you tell somebody, yeah, I'm a Christian, um, they're probably going to have thoughts of like, oh shoot, I wish I didn't 
tell you, you know, that about my life because you're probably judging me now because you think I'm too poor or gay or whatever to be your friend. You know, like they're probably immediately like, I wish I didn't tell you so much about my life because now you have so much to judge me on. Um, I don't think we need to be marked by that any longer, man. I don't want to be marked by that. Um, I don't want to be perceived as a person that when others realize I'm a Christian, they they have to worry about like, this guy's going to judge me, you know, Um, want them to be like, no, like I've heard that about Christians, but that's not Andrew's way he works. Like he's my friend and I want to be his friend. And, uh, and I actually want to shape my life to be a little bit more like his over time in some ways, you know, and when those conversations happen, then you can point him to hope. And it's not like, it's not like, Hey, I'm awesome. Cause I'm not, <laughs> you know, it's, it's never that posture. It's like, Hey, I'm trying. I have hope cause I'm filled with hope. And it's, it's because of Jesus. Like, let me, let me tell you about that, but let me first, like, just live it. <laughs> let me show you with my life. Um, why I have hope, you know? And then when the words, when the time for words comes, you'll believe them because <laughs> you've already seen it lived out. So, um, Anyway, man, I think he was likable. And uh, and I think I, I don't think it was happenstance that Simon and Andrew threw their lots in with them um, and or that the other disciples did pretty quickly when called. Um, I think it was because they, they saw like, yeah, this is a person I want to be around and I want to be like um, he's going somewhere, you know, and I want to go with him. So, yeah, man, that's my that's my take is just relationally. If we're following Jesus, if we're doing our best to to live that out authentically, um, I think other people might want to spend more time with us <laughs> as a result of that. Shouldn't be your goal, but I, I think that might kind of flow naturally hand in hand in a way that might might surprise you. So yeah, yeah man. And I would I would add this as as um, kind of an application standpoint if you're listening. Yeah. Uh, and I'll add this too, like people will like you and follow you. Uh, if you're charismatic in general, right? Like we know those sure. people, um, but they're not going to stick with you long term if it isn't genuine. Mm-hmm. Um, so how genuine change starts to happen, going back to Matthew 419, you know, no one follow Jesus, be changed by Jesus on mission with Jesus. Like the only way you're changed by Jesus is, you know, and follow Jesus. So take this as an example from Simon Peter and start following Jesus, right? It starts with saying yes to Jesus, calling him Lord, um, and, and starting to, to foster relationship with him. This is one of the reasons, you know, we talk about dwell, um, you know, in all transparency, sure, we, we do get kicked back from that, but like we recommend it because we think it's hopeful, right? Um, right. Getting right. into the recorded word of God to be able to start the conversations with God, great tool. Um, and maybe that's where you start, or maybe you just grab your Bible and, you know, don't just read the Bible and then call it a day. Let it be a place where it leads you to conversation with Jesus. And just like any kind of relationship you're starting for the first time, there's going to be awkward pauses. Um, it's not going to go smoothly at times. It's going to feel like conversation is one-sided. All of these things are true. Um, it's the same thing with Jesus. You may do a lot more talking with Jesus than listening. That's okay. Keep talking, keep fostering that relationship. Um, if you are reading um, through, maybe it's this story or you're reading through a different story and it sparks an idea or a thought in your head, chase that idea and thought and talk to Jesus about it. Be like, you know, Jesus, this is kind of the thought that ran through my head and I'm not sure really what it means or where it's going, but I'm just going to kind of talk it out and then talk it out. 
Um, share the emotion of it. Be as vulnerable and transparent with Jesus as you possibly can be. If it doesn't feel like you're exposing, doesn't feel like you're opening up, um, you're probably not pushing hard enough. Keep pushing. Um, keep fostering that relationship with Jesus. When when you're fostering that relationship with Jesus and the conversations start to happen, um, and he starts to ask you to do things uh, that may seem small and not that big of a deal, um, as we start to do these things and we start to talk through these things and we start to find freedom from some of these things, like this is where that change starts to happen inside of us. And it's that change that's attractive to other people, right? That's the hope yep. that we yep. live in. That's the attractiveness that, that Andrew was talking about. Um, this starts to come out of us. Now, it's our goal to live on purpose, point them back to Jesus, teach them how, essentially how to do the same thing. Um, that you've done up until this point, right? That's the, that's the right. mission. That's the, right. the purpose. That's the greater, greater plan that's at play here is to help others do the same thing. But it all comes back to how are you foster relationship with Jesus? Statistics tells us those listening, you're probably not spending time with Jesus. You go to church from time to time. That's about it. Um, I'm sorry. Going to church does not foster relationship with Jesus. Um, you can sing about him. You can hear someone talk about him, but until you start engaging a relationship and having conversations yourself with him, you're going to stay in that same cycle over and over again. And then you're going to feel like you got sold a bill of goods. Um, and this isn't, you know, this Christian life hasn't been turned out what you thought it was going to turn out. It's because you never learned how to know and follow Jesus. Start a foster relationship. And if dwell is a tool for that, great. This Jesus Life Podcast, yeah, yeah. this Jesus Life Podcast.com forward slash dwell. Um, if it's something else, great, fantastic. I don't really care what it is. What I do care is that you're fostering relationship with Jesus so you can be changed by Jesus. And you, like Simon yeah. and Andrew, as we, if you follow this story, will be, you know, that piece that starts to draw others in because of their lives as they follow Christ. It's not behavior. Um, it, it's posture. Yeah. Um, that's the thing that attracts people in. It's how you Authenticity, not behavior. Um, Authenticity, in. man. Same from yeah. top to not bottom. Not because you, you know. Yeah. Right? It's not because you don't drink. It's not because you don't curse. It's not because you don't sleep around. It's not, it's none of those things. It's not behavior. It's posture. Um, how do you do relationship with people? That's what draws yeah. people. In. Yeah. So that's what's going to get them in. So check those tools and resources out. This is, this is God speaking to you and I'm very careful putting words in God's mouth, but this is a message that you'll see through all, all throughout scripture. So I'm okay with saying it, but in this moment, this is God speaking to you saying, come talk to me. Um, build relationship with me, spend time with me, um, do it. I'm telling you, you're going to be a different person six months from now. You're going to be a completely different person a year from now. I don't say that lightly. Um, you ask the people that are in my circles, they'll tell you I'm a very different person today than I was a year ago um, because I chose to build a relationship with Jesus, foster a relationship with Jesus and let him lead the process of changing me. Um, so check it out. Definitely worth it. Um, Andrew, it looks like baby is in your arms uh, and he is about to leave us forever. Uh, just kidding. If, if thanks for listening, thanks for taking the time with us. We're going to keep this series up. Um, we got Mary Magdalene. We have Nicodemus, Zacchaeus, women at the well, adulterous woman, the dying thief on the cross and Saul, also known as Paul coming up soon stick with this series thanks for, for listening to our show it really means a lot to us and we hope that it helps bring you closer in your relationship with jesus and with other people and it also helps us out if you rate our podcast or leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening on you can also follow us on instagram and the facebook now sharing this with your friends isn't just to get the word out of the podcast we believe that we have the message of hope that's found in the gospel of jesus christ and you sharing this has the ability to transform the lives of the people around you we want to hear from you. You can email us at hello at thisjesuslifepodcast.com. You can message us on Facebook and Instagram. 
or you can just visit us at thisjesuslifepodcast.com. But seriously, thanks for listening.